Hello and welcome to this KWM podcast. I'm Nicola Charleston, a partner in the corporate M&A practice based in Melbourne, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Anthony Bugat, who is also a partner in the corporate M&A practice, but based in Sydney. Nicola, a pleasure to be joining you for this conversation. We're just back from the International Bar Association's annual M&A conference in New York, so it's a global welcome to country today. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the many lands on which we meet today across this ancient continent now called Australia. I recognise their continuing connection to land, to waters and to community, and I acknowledge and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. I pay my respects to all First Australians listening. Thanks, Anthony. So we're recording this podcast today for M&A in the City, which is KWM's dealmaker Focus publication. We might, before we jump into things, take this opportunity to explain in a bit more detail what we're planning to do here. So M&A in the City is released around two to three times annually with a longer Outlook publication that we put out at the start of each year, and then some regular update newsletters um, as each half year draws to a close with our commentary around what we're seeing in the M&A market. That's right. We've got pieces in this edition on changes to schemes of arrangement in the federal court, the latest on public M&A tactics, and another podcast from Will Heath and Antonella Pacitti on their recent blockbuster deals and related themes, which are focused on resources and commodities, both traditional minerals and those needed for the energy transition. Yes, I've dug deep into what's driving this. So head to the show notes for links to their written piece and podcast. But what they're saying really does connect quite neatly to the global sense that we picked up when we're in New York last week. So a very quick recap of their thread. Essentially, it's all around the decarbonisation imperative being um, incentivising companies to accelerate M&A aimed at helping them to realise opportunities on that aggressive timeline um, that energy transition requires. And especially between Australia and where we've been in the US, the green incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act are helping to create a really favourable climate for some types of cross-border deal-making, which we can talk more about. So, Anthony, why don't you give us a quick outline? What, What are we going to talk about today? Yes, so high level, we're going to talk through the following the sentiment we're picking up among dealmakers around the world, what people see as the reasons behind the slowdown, what the catalyst will be to see a pickup again, and the reasons to be both optimistic and cautious about the prospects for that. So, Nicola, what did you pick up and sense on sentiment? I think it was interesting. It was probably a little more negative overall than what I'd expected and what I feel the sentiment is here in Australia, there's the obvious statistics around, you know, the significant slowdown in M&A from the fairly crazy highs of 2021. So that that wasn't surprising. Um, but I think in the US, there does seem to be a fairly negative sentiment in terms of when M&A activity will pick up again, which seemed to be um, more around at, at the earliest, sort of the second half of calendar 24. Um and obviously, which we'll jump into sort of the reasons, the reasons driving that negativity. I mean, everyone wants to be positive around uh, outlook and sentiment, but I think generally it was relatively negative from what we were hearing. Anthony, how, how did you hear how the messages come across? 
I guess I, I really saw a, a lack of consensus on the economic outlook for the global economy. So some people were more optimistic, others were more cautious. So I did think it was a really a mixed bag. I guess it depends on where people focused on areas like healthcare, they were busier, but other areas such as uh, tech or financial services may be a bit more depressed. Yeah, I think that's right. And a lot of the people we spoke to while we were over there um, focused heavily on private equity, which we know has been challenged given the debt markets, which we can we can come to. I think it seemed like we heard that some of the reasons for that current M&A downturn that um, seems to be a global experience was around, you know, obviously the availability of financing and the terms on which financing is available, which is um, definitely a depressant to the M&A market at the moment. Um, that point around disagreement over valuations, I think we heard a few times, Anthony, that there was still that disconnect between sellers uh, who didn't recognise any uh, decrease in the value of their assets or businesses and buyers who are looking at you know, increased costs of financing and the uncertainty ahead and who perhaps had different expectations around valuations. And then the third one was around the board management confidence, which goes to a whole range of factors, including the economy, inflation, interest rate, uncertainty, geopolitical tensions. I think they seem to be those some of the key reasons that people um, were attributing to the current M&A downturn. Would you agree with that? 100%. I mean, really on you know, the sort of disconnect on valuations, you know, sellers seemed you know, naturally optimistic. You know, buyers were you know, sensibly cautious. And you know, I think clearly we'll, we'll need to see some sort of uh, alignment on, on valuation expectations uh, to, to get some M&A moving. Mm. I think um, you know, people were also talking about what those factors were or catalysts would be for a significant uptick in M&A volumes. Um, you know, I think one of them was certainly just some certainty around financial conditions, particularly interest rates and inflation and just you know, stabilisation in those two areas in particular to give people confidence, you know, particularly that board management confidence around what the immediate or medium-term future looks like from a, you know, financial condition perspective is, is one key factor that's needed to significantly increase the confidence around M&A. And I think linked to that is in consensus on economic outlook more broadly. I think at the moment there's a lot of differing views on where things are going and over what time frame and you know that uncertainty you know, is um, inhibits MA activity. I think there are a couple of more sector specific catalysts that people were talking about, Anthony. Do you want to touch on those? Sure. I mean one that Will and Antella spoke of really was the energy transition and securing supply of critical minerals. We saw that with those large transactions that they spoke of. And, you know, we really expect to see see more of that. And I think particularly in Australia, we're expecting to see a you know good share of that activity given the you know the number of you know assets in that in that space. And the Canadians were relatively, I think they seem to be slightly more optimistic on activity levels as we are. And I think that probably um, is in part attributed to their um, strength in sort of the energy and resources space as well. And uh, yeah, I guess the other area where obviously 
you know, deal activity in, in tech's been pretty low. But one thing we really gathered from the conference is that everyone's talking about AI in, in sort of every industry. It's getting a lot of investment. And, you know, whilst, yeah, other tech, tech businesses might be, you know, the valuations might be a bit depressed in the public markets. There just seems to be a, a lot of interest there. And clearly, uh, well, we think that will lead to you know, significant you know, activity going forward. Yeah, the conversations on AI were fascinating. I mean, there's a lot of talk about you know, the case. Uh, and there's been similar experiences in Australia of uh, some probably slightly unethical lawyers relying on ChatGPT to provide advices uh, and then ChatGPT spitting out cases and very compelling case citations, but for cases that do not exist. I think we we heard from a general counsel forum, a number of general counsels talking about the impact of AI, not, not necessarily specifically from an M&A perspective, but just more broadly around the complexities it raises for corporations, including around you know, treatment of intellectual property and AI's use of you know, the confidential or sort of proprietary information of third parties and what that means and what it's going to do to internal functions and how it's going to impact how legal advice is delivered, for example. So AI was, you know, it's certainly unsurprisingly at the top of everyone's mind. And you know, one potentially um, potential driver or sort of catalyst for MA, you know, will certainly be around developments in that space and opportunities that people see um, to bolster their capability from an AI perspective. But there was there was that, I mean, I think this gives a sense of the factors that people were talking about around, you know, what is what has been behind the current downturn in MA activity levels and then what's necessary for that restart. Um, but there were certainly some themes discussed around, yeah, that do give reason for optimism. Um, do you want to run through some of the things we were hearing on that front, Anthony? Yeah, whilst there's a lot of talk about interest rates inflation being, you know, very high, uh, you know, one thing that hasn't got a lot of attention is just record low unemployment, both in Australia and the US and elsewhere around the world. And, you know, that sort of can, will continue to drive a lot of healthy activity um, in areas. I think secondly, we haven't really touched on it, but the amount of dry powder that um, private equity sponsors are sitting on, uh, you know, at least in Australia, we saw a lot more you know, selling of assets by private equity during the sort of boom time COVID years than buying. And and I do think that they're you know, primed to really you know, put that capital to work and, and drive drive M&A activity once there is some stabilisation in, in the economic mm -hmm. conditions and outlook that you mentioned earlier. And finally, just, you know, the pace of the energy transition, um, you know, to hit the climate targets that the various governments have, a lot of investment has to go in. We think that'll also drive M&A activity and, you know, will be a real catalyst for, for, for transactions. Yeah. And there was also some talk, which was interesting. I think um, one of the senior investment bankers who was speaking was talking about um, you know biomedical developments driving MA and that being a really exciting area as well, which was interesting. And then the Americans also saw reason for optimism in the resolution of the US debt ceiling crisis, if you want to call it that. So certainly some uh, positive, positive uh, sentiment there. So I think overall, 
yeah, it was fascinating to hear the global perspectives on the current market. And I think, you know, what I took away was that, yes, there's clearly been a decline in M&A levels. There are some um, reasons for that, largely just linked to uncertainty at the moment that's playing out, you know, across a range of factors. But underneath, there's still, you know, some really good settings and really good drivers for M&A activity. So, you know, a few people we spoke to were gearing up and saying, even if it doesn't happen till mid-2024, they expect a really huge rush of M&A um, and a huge uptick in, in uh, the pace of M&A and the volumes once, you know, a little bit more certainty does return to the environment. So that's a reason for optimism. Mm. Um, so you can check the show notes for this. We'll have links to the pieces we've posted already uh, and the opportunity to subscribe to M&A in the City as well. So please do that. Uh, thank you, Anthony, and thank you to everyone for listening. We look forward to your comments and feedback and, of course, love a conversation on all things M&A. So please do get in touch if you'd like to chat further. Indeed. Thank you, Nicola, and thank you, listeners. The theme music for this podcast was recorded by KDOM Chairman David Friedlander and fellow partners Yunyi Cho and Ken Astridge. Our thanks to them for sharing their time and talents. <laughs>